0: This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sika on FM 94.1, The Voice. It's easy to sit at a bus station waiting for a bus to come. But acting out in faith and walking into situations that you know is tough. Walking into, into a place where you know that suffering is going to come, it's hard. And that's why you need to hold on to what you've gained. And every day... Mm, mm, Right? Every day you gotta be like, man, I'm gonna keep working out this faith. And this is holding on. Holding on is not like, well, it's sitting in my, in my garage in a box, but this is holding on. You know what I'm saying? This is holding on. I'm, I'm happy to tell you that these dumbbells don't sit in my garage anymore. It's in my bedroom. Really? And every morning I'm like, man, I don't have time to work out, so you know what? Mmm, just get a little bit, right? Gotta look good for the church, right? It's like, I was, leaving, I was gonna laugh at me. But, 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 but I know many of us, we like to take good care of our health. Many of us want to be like, man, I wish I could just work out every day. I wish I could just like, mm, you know, build some more muscles and get stronger. And what are you doing with your spiritual life? What are you doing with the gospel? Are you, are you working out? And especially, you know what I do? You know what I do? If Thanksgiving, right? I'm like, oh my gosh, gotta eat pie, gotta eat turkey you and I know what we do the next day you're like okay come on hmm, got to burn those calories right come on we got to burn those calories okay what are you going to do when you get when you get news that the doctors like hey you got to go back to the hospital now okay I got to work up my faith I got to work got to even it out now okay you know and, and I'm losing my job got to keep working out I got to hold on to the gospel I got to hold on to the gospel oh man the world is falling apart coronavirus is hitting the world people are believing a lie I've got to keep working I got to hold on to what I believe are you getting it you see the reason why I'm doing this and it's okay if I look like a fool is because I want you to get the visual of what it means to hold on your faith shouldn't be sitting in a box in your garage and I hope that every time you see a box in your garage you ask yourself am I holding on to the gospel? am I making it my own? am I pressing in? am I really holding on to Jesus? or am I just letting it sit in a corner? and I've got something else now it's a TV remote and I don't care get me the bag of chips that's great and then and then you, you trip on this and you're like, oh stupid thing, like friggin' what the heck is it doing over here? How many of you feel the gospel is actually tripping you up? How many of you actually feel like it's getting in your way? How many of you at one point were holding on so tight and then now it's just sitting in a box in a garage and you are getting ready to put it at a yard sale? Are you holding on? It takes dedication. It takes passion. It takes hard work. And I've told you, what you focus on will change the reality around you. Are you holding on to what you've gained in Jesus? Or have you slowed down? If you've slowed down, press on. If you've given up, you've got to hold on. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 says, you will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you, whose mind is steadfast on you because he trusts in you. In other words, Isaiah is saying, Those who hold on, they'll have peace because he's the prince of peace. You see, spiritual discipline is so important. Just working out, just holding on is so important. I I know it seems funny and I'm making jokes of it, but it's so important. That reality of actually working out your faith is so important. It's extremely important for you to to grow those muscles of faith because when hard times come, what are you going to do? Do you have the muscles of faith? Are you going to come call your pastor, call your friend and be like, hey, help me and I'm crying and I'm dying when you don't have the muscles of faith? What happens when the church closes down? What happens when the doors are gone? What happens when we cannot meet anymore? What are you going to do? Are you, do you have, do you have your faith that you're working out? Do you have the faith that you're like every day? It's like, man, it's not getting in the way. Like, man, this is great. This is awesome. Without building pride, but you're like, I am pressing on. Job, Job, it can happen to you and me. He lost his children, but what did he do? He held on he held on his friends came and he said dude you got it like what the heck man you're living in sin he held on his wife said you got to kill yourself and die what did he do He he held on he held on he was strong man he lost all his money he held on he lost all his animals he held on his wife said you should just curse god and die he lost his marriage he held on i wonder how many of you watching at home or sitting over here you've lost everything and you've also lost the gospel it's sitting in a box in a garage oh my gosh I don't care if I look like a fool, but don't lose this image in your mind. Don't lose this image in your mind. you got to hold on to the gospel every day, no matter what happens. i got to hold on because the Bible says that he whose mind is still on me, I will give him peace. The world is falling apart, but I have peace. How do you have peace? Because I'm holding on to the gospel, man. I'm holding on to whatever team. I'm not moving away from this. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on. And the Bible says in James chapter 5, Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. In other words, they held on, they remain steadfast. You've heard of the steadfastness of Job. You just did, didn't you? And you've seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Yes, there's troubles. Yes, there's trials. Yes, there's suffering. But your God is compassionate and merciful. You just need to hold on. Hold on. James chapter 1 verse 12 says, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. In other words, Hold on. Who remains steadfast under trial. Under suffering, he holds on. He doesn't let go. He holds on to the gospel. He doesn't give in to temptation and flip God off and say, I've got another way. He holds on to the gospel. For when he remains steadfast, you've heard of this, uh, shoot, James chapter 1 verse 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. Whoa. Beyond the grave. Right? He'll receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who who love him and you holding on has a lot to do in your ultimate spiritual transformation Peter writes about this in 1st Peter chapter 5 verse 10 and after you've suffered a little while 70 years 80 years a little while the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus will himself restore you confirm you that's validate you strengthen you and establish you he'll set you up he'll hook you up Amen. he'll hook you up man he'll hook you up Amen. what you gotta do hold on Friends, you might find yourself in a hospital bed. You might might find yourself without a job, without a house. Without a car. Stuck in the cold. With no friends. A stranger in a foreign land. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Because God himself, he'll make sure that you get past that grave and into your ultimate spiritual transformation that he's promised for us. And in this life, the Bible says that if you seek first a kingdom and his righteousness, all these things, he'll take care of it. He'll take care of it. You just gotta hold on to the gospel. Hold on to the gospel. Are you getting it? Okay, good, good. This lifestyle though, it's not easy, is it? It's not very easy. It's not easy. Because I know that when you go back home, you're gonna be tempted in many ways. When you go back home, your troubles are going to look like a mountain. And you're going to say, like, man, Joel said all of that things, and you're going to go back and listen to it, and it's going to be encouraging, but, but, but it's going to be really hard to actually walk this out. And I know this because I try it. And sometimes it's like, dear God, what must I do? I want to stand on my head sometimes and be like, is this what I need to do to, to really be able to, like, get close to this? And why is my depression taking me down? Why is my sorrow taking me down? How do I I actually do this? And I want you to know that there are some people that actually do a good job of this. There are some people that, that actually walk this walk out really well, that are able to look past the grave and have joy in looking at the ultimate supernatural transformation that's coming. And Paul says in the third thing, he says, focus on the examples before you. Focus on these examples before you, on these people that are good examples. Man, keep your eyes on them. Look at these guys. So we, we, we saw, he said, first, press on. He said, hold on, and now he says, focus on. Focus on, keep your gaze on these people because this kind of a lifestyle is gonna be hard. You, again, if, you know that if you wanna take care of your health, it's always nice when you're doing it with a few other people, when you have accountability. You know, when you're able to, to actually grow together it's really nice. Paul actually, uh, in the last chapter, we saw that he uses Ephroditus um, and Timothy as examples for us to follow. I preached a whole message on that, the billboard for the grace of God, right? To be good examples, and I said this before too, Christian life is really not, it's not about you know, being taught about Christian life. Christian life is about it being caught. Christian life is really followed by example. If you look and talk to people who actually have a good, solid relationship with Jesus, most of it comes from people that they've imitated. The mentors that they receive from. The people that poured into them The anointing that they got From those that actually Trusted them And showed them What God was showing them And in humility They received it A guy that mentored me Always told me He says if you're coming With a hard heart I can never really Give anything to you But if you're coming Ready to receive Man everything I have God will multiply it And give it to you And I believe that I'm able to preach today Because I know God's called me But the people that poured into me They were amazing preachers They didn't preach like me But they loved Jesus They loved the gospel And I went with with an open heart And I was like man I really want to receive What God's been showing you And it was beautiful To learn from them it was amazing. And Paul, when he's saying, hey, you've got to keep your eyes on those people who actually are walking this walk, who are working out their faith, who in the midst of trials are able to walk through it. In the furnace, they're able to praise God. In the lines, then they're able to find peace. You've got to focus on these guys. Because the enticement of the world is really strong through TV and social media. And most of us can be drawn away from being disciples of Jesus to being disciples of the world. But you've got to focus on the examples of those who are walking the walk of faith. Verse 17, Paul says, Brothers, join me in imitating me. Okay, I knew, I knew I was going to come to this point. It's weird. See, that was a great running start, right? Like, we've got to imitate these people. We've got to focus on these people. And no matter how much I try to work on this, it's is funny, okay? Whenever I read that line, Brothers, join in imitating me. I kind of laugh. Because I'm like, dude, that still sounds very prideful. Hey, we're going to have a little party, Okay. You guys are all going to learn from me and you're going to imitate me now, okay? I mean, was a youth pastor, whenever youth would dress up as me for Halloween, it always felt a little weird. I'm like, dude, I... <laughs> dreadlocks, and I used to wear a bandana and nerdy glasses, and I was like, bro, like, really? It feels weird. Just imitate me. Brothers, join in imitating me. <laughs> Next week's message is join in imitating me, okay? Same man often, even when you're talking to a woman. <laughs> No, I, I knew I knew I was going to get distracted by that But, just so you know This is actually a very uh, normal thing Like I said, even Christianity It's a matter of actually catching It's a matter of, of example and following example And even back in the day uh, In that part of the world, still A guru, a, a master, a teacher um, Will lead by example And his disciples will follow the example of the master And it's a very common way of teaching And what Paul is saying is, listen man You've got to imitate those that are actually walking this walk and, um, and he says, Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Beautiful. Keep your eyes, focus on those that walk according to the example you have in us. So you see, it's very easy for us to actually follow people who are loud, follow people who are passionate, follow people who look good, follow people who have a lot of following. But Paul says, Follow those who have an example in us. If you read this chapter, Paul starts off with really poor examples of people not to follow verse 18 tells us about them again as he's bringing this chapter to a close he's reminding us of these people that we should not be following He says for many of whom i have often told you and now tell you even with tears what a guy can we pause right over there first of all verse 17 he says brothers and then he says i'm now warning you with tears what a guy to follow huh what a good example to follow a leader that's willing to warn the church with tears and saying please don't go down that road what a beautiful leader to follow. I wish that we could be leaders, that I could be a leader that's willing to shed tears for the people that God brings to our church. Now I tell you with tears, they walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. An enemy of Christ wouldn't just come and tell you that he's an enemy of Christ. And you'd be like, okay, I'll follow you. <laughs> you know? Are we going to church? Fantastic. You know? An enemy of Christ is not just going to come and tell you, hey, I'm an enemy of Christ. So how did they come? Paul says in chapter 1, verse 15, some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry But others from goodwill These people preach Christ from envy and rivalry They preach Christ to put other people down They preach Christ to, to tear people down to, to, get, to get a dominance To, to be able to, to rule and lead people Some people just like leadership And that's why they preach Christ Verse 17 he says The former proclaimed Christ out of selfish ambition Not sincerely but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment So even to tear Paul down To tear down his ministry And look at chapter 3 verse 19 again Where we left off their end is what? Destruction. So their end is not spiritual transformation. Their end is destruction. Isn't that great? Their end is junkyard. Their end is the crushers. Why? Because they're the enemies of the cross. Their end is destruction. And then he says, Their God is their belly. Hmm. There were 12 commentaries that I read. And I'm happy to say I disagreed with all of them. Because of this. It didn't sit right with me and I would rather trust the Holy Spirit than man's wisdom. Okay? This is why it bothered me. Because at this point, many commentators write pages and pages about gluttony and drunkenness. And yes, the Bible is against that. And in many parts of the Bible, God says these drunks and these gluttons would not inherit the kingdom of God. Yes, but in this context, what he's talking about is something very different. That God is their bellies. You know what he means? He's going back to those people that he spoke about, the evil doers. The dogs, you remember that? The mutilators are fresh. You see, the people that were infiltrating the church was trying to teach a righteousness by do's and don'ts. But what food you ate and what food you didn't eat, but food offered to idols and food not offered to idols, are you eating unclean or clean food? And Paul says, anything that you think makes you more righteous because of the food you eat or don't eat, you're making your belly your God. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho. 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.